This is Rush to Reason. You are going to shut your damn yapper and listen for a change because I got you pegged, sweetheart. You want to take the easy way out because you're scared. And you're scared because if you try and fail, there's only you to blame. Let me break this down for you. Life is scary. Get used to it. There are no magical fixes. With your host, John Rush. My advice to you is to do what your parents did. Get a job, sir. You haven't made everybody equal. You've made them the same, and there's a big difference. Let me tell you why you're here. You're here because you know something. What you know you can't explain, but you feel it. You felt it your entire life, that there's something wrong with the world. You don't know what it is, but it's there. It is this feeling that has brought you to me. Are you crazy? Am I? Or am I so sane that you just blew your mind? It's Rush to Reason with your host, John Rush. Presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. All right, welcome. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Myself, Andy Pate, and I believe we've got Jordan Goodman joining us, America's Money Answer Man. But first off, how's Andy today? Oh, not too bad. It's cold and icky outside, but I'm okay. Feels kind of like we're in a different part of the country right now. It really does. We don't normally have this type of weather. Well, so. and also, it's not just cold. It's kind of wet. And I mean, just Have you noticed the humidity? This feels very Midwest. Correct. Yes. Thank you for saying that. Jordan, how are you today? Great to be with you. Go, much all, warmer here in North Carolina. Always great to have you as well. So we appreciate that very much. All right. So let's get started today, Jordan. And as always, lots going on. Fed meets, uh, I guess, today and tomorrow. What are your thoughts on what they're going to be doing? Certainly nobody's expecting them to change interest rates up or down uh, when they come out at 2 o'clock Eastern time uh, tomorrow with their decision. It's a, it's a matter of how they, and particularly Chairman Powell, kind of states it going forward as to uh, whether they're finished. Everybody thinks they're finished raising rates, but there's a lot of expectation rising now that they're going to start lowering rates as soon as March uh, because they think the economy is weakening and they're going to need to uh, to do that. So Wall Street's been pricing in uh, some rate cuts, uh, which I don't think they're going to do. I think they're going to keep them where they are for quite a while. No, um, you and I will have to. Dis- coming you down, and I will have no, to uh, happily disagree to or agree to disagree on that one. I think by June of next year, we're down a point. That would be a large drop in a short period of time. I don't think they're, they're going to have cautious. any choice with what's coming. Well, we'll see. I mean, inflation's coming down. We got a consumer price index number this morning, three point one percent year-over-year inflation. Getting better, but we're not in the 2% range yet. Uh, the core rate is still 4%, which is double what they're looking for. So looking at those kind of numbers, they're going to say we have more work to do and we have to keep restrictive uh, monetary policy for quite a while. Um, you're seeing areas of the economy uh, weakening. Um, manufacturing is certainly weakening. Housing is still quite weak. Uh, even car sales are, are weaker now. Um, so that's what they want. And the unemployment numbers, even though the rate is still quite low at 3.7%, the number of jobs being created is less and less each month. Mm-hmm. And the number of job openings is falling. It had been, mm-hmm. well, a few months ago it was 11 million, now it's about 8.7 million. So. You know, the labor market's still tight, but, but less tight than it was before. Yeah, Jordan, the real problem for me with the 3.1% inflation is, number one, 
that is, of course, piled on top of previous year's inflation. It's only 3.1 because it's piled on top of massive increases that happened the last two years. Right. So that the doesn't really... increase. It's slowing. Exactly. It's still increasing. Well, That's yeah, right. because there's no way it can continue increasing at that level. You're piling on the previous increases. So first of all, I don't think many people take any comfort in that. And secondly... The degree to which we have had to cripple the economy with these interest rates to do it is awful. And I think a lot of that, Jordan, is going to come to roost once the Christmas season is over and they start realizing either, A, how much actually didn't sell through this season, B, when the credit card bills, which are already there, come to roost even further in January after the uh, buying of Christmas gifts in December – Economically speaking, I don't think the Fed will have any choice but to do some lowering of rates to get things stimulated again. John, just so you know, I'm sending you my bill. It is the season of giving. A season to be jolly, right? <laughs> yes. Go and, ahead, Jordan. And I, and I, Jordan, I could be wrong, but I, I, I'm giving him an and opportunity. And we're in an election too. year as well. Don't forget that one. Well, I mean, supposedly they don't do that. Yeah, well, we've already had politics, that discussion. But, uh, <laughs> yeah. We'll see about that. Yeah. It, in general, I try to goose the economy during election years. I, I agree with you. And, and you're right that the credit card debt is huge. It's over a trillion dollars now in credit card debt. And uh, people are adding to it $20 billion or so a month. At very high interest rates, the average interest rate on credit cards today is about 21%. Yep. So it's a very expensive way to live. And so people are out there spending now. Everybody complains how gloomy everything is and the consumer confidence is low, but people are out there spending. I mean, just recently over the Black Friday, Cyber Monday weekend, the five days, we spent $12 billion on gifts. I mean, that's a lot. So no matter what they complain about, they're out spending, in many cases, on credit at very high interest rates. Jordan, why do you think that is when you take into account that people's buying power is decidedly less than it was two years ago? Well, you're right. I mean, the, the price of things have gone up and their incomes have not gone up right. uh, for the most part. Right. Unless you were a UAW worker, then, then it's gone up. But, uh, well, maybe, maybe all the purchasing is being done by UAW workers. Yeah. Well, they just—they haven't even gotten there. Yeah, no, yeah it's not even in the bank account yet. <laughs> yeah, but they're thinking ahead. Yeah, they're borrowing ahead, I guess. No, I mean, reality. You know, Jordan, uh, Andy is right. We don't have the same purchasing power we once have. And I've had many a listener here in the last couple of weeks even call in and say, you know, when does this "quote unquote" gravy train end? I mean, people at some point have to realize that. To your point, twenty-one percent interest. By the way, that's on a good day with good credit, with not a. Right. You know, with not a high balance. There's some people out there paying 25 to 28%, depending upon the oh, card yeah. and their balance. That's right. That's right. Are they just so, planning on declaring bankruptcy? That, that was a question, Jordan. He, Andy took the words out of my mouth. What do you feel about that end of it? Well, bankruptcies are up a bit. Uh, delinquencies are up quite a bit, actually, both on credit cards and um, uh, foreclosures and car loans. People, people are definitely feeling stress out there. You're seeing higher delinquency rates on these things, but it's not back to the level of 2008-2009 with complete wipeout of the economy. Right. So, it, you know, but this is what the Fed wants. Agree. Okay? You're complaining about it, but the Fed wants a so-called soft landing. We had 5.2% growth in the third quarter. That was way more than the Fed would want. Now, the third, fourth quarter and now maybe it's growing at 25 to 3%, but it's still growing, um, and the Fed wants it to be even lower than that. To, to them, the only way to bring inflation down is to slow economic growth and slow the housing market and slow consumer spending and all these kind of things. Yeah, the, so, pro- the problem is, as we've talked in the past, they don't have the same tools in the toolbox they, want ha- they once had. It's not – they can't control it the way they once did, and I'm not sure they're ever going to realize that. 
Well, they've only got one tool. <laughs> that's right. It's called interest rates. Well, and that's not good because all they're doing, Jordan, I've said this before, is they're trying to hit demand, hurt demand, rather than boost supply of anything. Well, that's not the Fed does. The Fed's not in the supply. No, no, I know business. that. I know that. But what I mean is the Fed is only one part of our of our national government. What about well, unleashing, side, you know, right? what you about unleashing, side, um, you know, um, you know, development, obviously, of fossil fuels. But what about unleashing development of other things? They're not doing anything to help, say, cut back on regulations, unleash supply of various products. Nothing at all only constricting demand, only hurting the buyer. Well, I disagree with that a little bit. I mean, the Fed does the demand side. The supply side is more Congress, and they have done things to improve supply. For example, the infrastructure bill, by having better infrastructure, it means you can supply things better if your your highways are not falling apart. That's where it actually is going. The problem is, at least here in Colorado, I don't know what it's like on the East Coast, but we've seen no money spent on that whatsoever here. Yeah, and by the way, first of all, we got to keep in mind, first of all, that is only, that is not entirely ethically used. And secondly, that's coming directly from the taxpayer. That's not coming from the free market. It's a combination. I mean, the free market, there's, there's been somewhat of an industrial renaissance in this country since the infrastructure bill was passed. A lot of Private companies are gearing up to be able to supply all that. They're buying Caterpillar tractors and right. Deer tractors and you know, the building factories and warehouses. Uh, another area is chips. Okay, The whole semiconductor bill has got a $52 billion boost. They're just starting to uh, uh, kind of put that out there now. But that will be a major increase in supply uh, in chips made in the U.S. instead of uh, Taiwan and other places. So the, the Congress did some things to try to improve the supply side. And on the oil front, um, we can complain, but just this week, the numbers came out, United States uh, production hit an all-time record high Correct. of oil. Correct. Despite, despite our uh, White House hating it, our oil companies and, and production facilities in the United States of America figured out ways around them. And in many cases, it's not new wells. It's nope. getting more That's production right. out of existing That's wells. right. Correct. Which is problematic, by the way. Yeah, you can only do that for so long, as you know. We still have to be drilling new wells to be able to keep up with that. But, you know, point being, as Americans and as American oil companies, they've done a really good job of working around the current administration to still boost production. That's right. And you're seeing it. That's one of the reasons why oil prices have fallen so sharply. I mean, we're in the low 70s, high 60s of, of oil prices now. Correct. I mean, back in October... When the Israel-Hamas war broke out, we thought it would be a wider Middle East war. Oil was in the 90s. It's come down $20 a barrel in the last two months. Uh, and you're seeing it at the pump. You're right. seeing in the low $3 range instead of the high Really, really quick, Jordan, the range. question I've got, and you, we probably should take a break. So let me, let me throw this out at you. We can come back and talk more about this. But all of what even you and Andy have mentioned, which you're both right to a degree, and the reality, though, is, Jordan, what I see happening, and this is a question that you know, I had from a listener just a few days ago, the chasm between those that have and have the ability to even you know, take, take advantage of what's going on in the marketplace, by the way, those are on one side of the chasm, which, by the way, the chasm, chasm is getting wider and deeper all the time. Those that are paying 25 26% on their credit cards and wondering how am I going to make it through Christmas, and I see some of these posts and different things and talk to people on a regular basis. The problem is that chasm is growing. I don't see, and of course the Fed doesn't care, but I don't see you know, government 
literally doing anything to try to bridge that chasm. If anything, I see them deliberately making it larger. I'll leave you with that. We'll come back and talk about that in a moment. Bruce Simmons is next. He is our reverse mortgage expert, which, by the way, goes along with what we're talking about right now with Jordan Goodman. Might be a real good way for you, by the way, and we'll talk to Jordan a little bit about that on how that might work for you personally. In the meantime, call Bruce. Ask him questions, 303-467-7821. A reverse mortgage can make sense for you if you are properly prepared. KLZ's reverse mortgage professor, Bruce Simmons, can help make sure you are ready. Many things you do not need to do first, like paying your bills off first or making certain repairs. And sometimes you will need to shore up some things on the home title or a repair that Bruce knows will be needed for the appraisal. The point is you can be prepared for a reverse mortgage and move now rather than waiting. In an interest rate increasing environment, acting quicker rather than later puts more money in your pocket. Call Bruce Simmons for a free consultation at 303-467-7821. That's 303-467-7821. Or schedule online now at klzradio.com slash reverse. And MLS 409914, American Liberty Mortgage, is an equal housing lender. Dr. Scott Faulkner, if you're looking for a primary care physician that thinks the way you do, that's Dr. Scott, 303-663-6990. Are you looking for a health care provider who truly cares about you and your well-being? Look no further than Castle Rock Cryo, IV and Integrative Healthcare, where Dr. Scott Faulkner is ready to provide you with top-notch care. Colorado raised since 1968, Dr. Scott is a board-certified internal medicine specialist, bringing decades of experience and expertise to the table. At Castle Rock Cryo, IV, and Integrative Healthcare, you'll experience a competent, friendly, and efficient staff that puts your comfort and care first. Dr. Scott is a true advocate of the latest advancements in healthcare. That's why he only uses umbilical-derived stem cells, which have been clinically proven to be the most potent stem cells available. Tired of waiting weeks for an appointment? Unlike other practices, Dr. Scott has the remarkable ability to see you in a matter of days. Don't wait any longer. Call Castle Rock Cryo IV and Integrative Healthcare at 303-663-6990 to schedule your appointment with Dr. Scott Faulkner today. Level Engineering, find out if solar is a good fit for you. Alan Davis can do that. Call him at 303-378-7537. Alan Davis of Level Engineering wants you to have the whole story about saving money with solar. Everyone knows that solar power saves you money, but the most important savings are all those dollars you won't have to pay the power company. For most homes, that will mean paying thousands less for electricity annually. And the average tax credit for installing solar in your home is 56%. That's more money in your pocket. In addition to the money that you will save each month, solar can add $15,000 or more to the value of your home. And homes with solar panels sell faster than those without. Today's solar energy is a great financial decision on your part when you work with Alan Davis. Alan is the solar money-saving expert. So talk to him directly by going to klzradio.com slash solar for a free, no-obligation consultation. God, country, reason. Now back to John Rush. We are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Myself, Charlie Grimes, of course, Andy Pate with me today, and Jordan Goodman, America's Money Answer Man. Jordan, before we get back to the topic, how do folks get a hold of you? 
Uh, my email is jordan at moneyanswers.com. I always got to take their emails. All right, so that chasm between the haves and have-nots, which, by the way, I think is growing, not getting closer and closer, and typically in economic downturns, that's what does happen. What right. do you see along those lines? Because to me, personally, I see that growing larger and larger. Well, it is. It is. I mean, the, the haves uh, have had a very good stock market here. Real estate prices have gone up, even though the real estate market is kind of weak. Prices of homes have still gone up. So assets have inflated. Um, COVID, I think, had some big winners and losers. The winners were able to work from home and do just fine, and uh, losers were people who lost their jobs and uh, you know couldn't work remotely and things like that. So, uh, and and the winners also are receiving five percent or so on their cash now. Money market funds and treasury bills are doing quite well. In the past, you earn nothing. Now you get get five percent or so. So people with assets are definitely doing better. Uh, the people without assets are definitely doing worse. <laughs> they don't benefit by the stock market going up. If they're renting, they don't benefit by housing prices sure. going up. And inflation has hurt their, their buying power. Um, they're not benefiting from uh, the, the soaring price of uh, Bitcoin and gold, for example. I mean, so, yes, and I, I think COVID uh, exacerbated the, the uh, split between the haves and the have-nots. Um, I think tax policy has to some extent as well. Uh, who, who are the entrepreneurs? The people who do well are people willing to take risks. There's a lot of people who are not in a position to be entrepreneurs. So I, I agree with you, the, the haves and have-nots. And I, I think there's a frustration about that, and that has political implications as well. The, the feeling is, by a lot of, kind of common people, is that these elites are doing well at their expense. And I think that's one of the appeals of Trump, is that he's kind of anti-establishment, anti-elites, um, and I think that's there are political implications of that chasm. Can't argue that. No, I, I think you're spot on. Do you see, and I because I don't, I don't see anything today that is trying to lower that chasm. If anything, I see it getting worse under our current policies and administration. Well, we've been spending a lot of money, <laughs> and that's, I mean, during COVID, we handed out hundreds of billions of dollars to people who didn't get it in the past. But we hand no, and, and I'm not I'm not trying to be rude here, but we handed a lot of money out to people that didn't know how to invest and become one of the haves versus the have-nots. Right, they just spent it basically. I mean, Correct. we also helped small businesses with the PPP program to stay alive. I mean, we, we've handed out trillions of dollars in the last few years to kind of keep things going. No doubt. And basically, it, 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 we it, gave out fish. We didn't teach anyone to fish. Correct. Exactly. Exactly. That's right. But I'm just saying. Have we tried to help lower-income people? The government normally doesn't hand out money the way they did the last few years. And it didn't work as far as... Nope. Prime, you know, prime example of handing out money to people that don't know what to do with it does no good. That's where education comes in. They burn it, and, they burn it and, then, and now they're more dependent on it. Yeah. No, I agree with you. So that's where teaching people to be responsible and to become entrepreneurs and you know, not, not have to depend on handouts makes a big difference. And and that's not the direction things are going. No. It, okay. Uh, this wasn't in our notes, but Andy threw this in, and I was not aware of this. Andy brought me a fact today that uh, I had not been made aware of. In fact, in a, lot of, in a lot of cases, depending upon the product being sold, brick and mortar isn't doing as well as some of the online services, you know, some of the online products are. But there's other situations, especially clothing. Andy brought an article in today about that. A lot of brick and mortar are thriving against online shopping, especially when it comes to clothing, shoes, things along those lines. 
Yep. I mean, it's it's split. I mean, for example, malls, the high-end malls are doing quite well. Correct. And the B and C malls are doing terribly, and they're closing them down. They're turning them into Amazon warehouses and things. So it's kind of the same thing in the business world. The haves are getting better and having more, and the have-nots are falling further and further behind. Yeah, I would which, agree with that. Which, which if, again, if you're somebody looking at investments and things along those lines, uh, personally, I would not be somebody investing in uh, those lower-end malls, strip malls, things along those lines. I would be divesting right. of those if it were me. And that's happened in the market. And the marketplace is very sensitive to the direction of the future. And the stocks of the companies doing well do really well before they've even done well. <laughs> and the ones right. who are not doing well ahead of the market discards them very quickly. You know, I mean, I'll, I'll give you a dramatic example. In China, okay, these huge property developers, uh, Evergrande and uh, China Garden, all these companies, they've, they've pretty much gone bankrupt now, and they have these huge ghost cities, of right. these towers, 50-story towers, you know, 50 of them or something, half-built or empty. Uh, I mean, those stocks plummeted long before that hit. Uh, and now... It's a complete devastated real estate market in China, which has all kinds of implications around the world. That was one of the big growth engines of the world economy, was all of that real estate being built in China, and that's all gone now. Um, so, for example, one of the reasons I think oil prices have come down is less demand right. in oh, yes. China, yes. which is much slower than yes. it was before. Yes. Uh, so that, that's an example where the market, far before it actually happened, saw it coming, and those stocks plummeted to zero long before they went bankrupt. Hey, Jordan, getting back to brick-and-mortar retail, um, when we look at clothing, that always made sense to me because I want to try something on, right? Yes, I, I take a size 10 shoe, but that can be totally different across five to 10 different kind of shoe companies. And the same is true with all kinds of clothing. You want to try it on, so that's the reason people want to actually go in to clothing stores. But what items do you think are not that way? are actually probably crippled by the online environment to where you don't need to try it on, you don't care, and you're much more, um, let's just say, willing to buy online and not well, go to the look, store. Look at what Amazon is selling. Everything. Yeah. <laughs> well, true, I mean, yes. Yeah. But, I mean, what stores, well, let me put it this way, what, what brick-and-mortar stores do you think are going to suffer the most in this environment? Uh, well, I mean, people compare prices. Uh, Amazon will deliver in a day, sometimes a few hours these days. So it's much more convenient for a lot of people. Uh, I think people go to malls and so on more for the experience and the, the atmosphere and so on, not, not just to be able to get good deals on, on goods. True. Um, and, I mean, restaurants are going to go online. <laughs> you have to eat right. in, in right. person. Yep. Uh, but, I mean, a lot of the economy has gone online. And it's not only Amazon. I mean, you look at any particular vertical, Chewy, you know, people get their dog food but you know that way and um they buy drugs online just all kinds of things are up online which are not necessary to do in person anymore no very true and and i think that's where you know well of course this is a whole nother conversation retailers have to be very careful in how they're doing things how well how well is their staff their staff trained one of the things you can't get online typically is that one-on-one help that you can get in the store but as as more and more uh, brick-and-mortar stores, Jordan, have no one there to help you. To me, that's yeah. just devastating because people are there looking for that interaction, and when they don't get it, they're going to look someplace else. Well, they could always uh, interact with a thief. You know, they're in the store. Yeah, they're there. Time. That's true. No, great point I mean, there. 
the amount of uh, shrinkage, as they call it, has been staggering this year. Very well said. Jordan, what about items where you really want customer service and, gosh, I don't know, like with a refrigerator or something, where you buy something where it can go out and good luck getting anyone to help you if you bought it online? The customer service is going to be terrible, but if you bought it at a reputable store, a place in the area, uh, you know, a furniture or appliance warehouse or whatever, they're there for you and you can just call them up. I mean, Best Buy, that's their biggest thing, right, is Geek Squad. Correct. Just the fact that you can have Geek Squad for anything you need. I mean, pure pure commodity uh, that doesn't have anything special about it. People buy things online. I'll just give you another example. Etsy, okay? People are buying things on eBay. Right. I yeah. Mean, they're, they're buying billions of dollars worth of stuff online. Completely fine about it today. So, and that's only going to be more as the younger generation buys more and more. They're just completely comfortable with having an online uh, world. Let's talk about AI as soon as we come back. Veteran, for all of you listening, that's artificial intelligence. We'll do that in a moment. Jordan Goodman again with us. America's Money Answer Man. Veteran Windows and Doors is next. 40% off right now. Any of their products, including free labor. That includes front door, back door, windows, you name it. Give Dave a call today. Find him at klzradio.com. Veteran Windows and Doors won't pressure you to sign on the dotted line today to get, quote, the best prices. Owner Dave Bancroft wants you to take your time in making the right choice for your home and believes educating you, the customer, is the number one priority. Other companies just want to pressure you into a sale right now. Dave has seen homeowners with buyer's remorse after working with other high-pressure salesmen. Dave knows all the pitches and sales gimmicks out there. Dave respects you as a homeowner, so he will never pressure you. Veteran Windows and Doors is so confident in their top quality windows and expert installation process, they want you to get three competing bids. Veteran is not afraid to be compared to other companies because they want to do right by you. Don't get pressured into buying windows before you are ready. Work with Veteran Windows and Doors by going to klzradio.com slash window today. Ridgeline Auto Brokers, if you're looking for a new used car, they're there to help. They specialize in that ten dollars to $25,000 range. They've got good inventory. Find them at klzradio.com or ridgelineautobrokers.com. Are you in the market for a reliable car that won't break the bank? Drive Radio sponsor, Ridgeline Auto Brokers specializes in quality used cars that cost between fifteen dollars to $25,000, making them a great option for first-time drivers or anyone looking for a good deal. They pride themselves on providing a transparent and hassle-free car buying experience. That's why at Ridgeline, they never charge a dealer fee. Plus, all vehicles are inspected by Legacy Automotive, a Colorado Select member and sponsor of Drive Radio. For a limited time, they are offering first-time customers the first oil change for only $1. Every car comes with a 30-day warranty, with the option to purchase a service contract. And at Ridgeline Auto Brokers, there are competitive financing options to fit your budget. If you cannot make it to the dealership in person, there are videos of all Ridgeline cars for sale on their website at RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Call today at 303-442-4141 to schedule a test drive or visit RidgelineAutoBrokers.com. Ridgeline Auto Brokers, the smartest way to buy a car. Cub Creek Heating and Air Conditioning. I was actually at one of my uh, clients' facilities today where they had put up a nice shop heater and uh, got things handled very well, and and I've never had a complaint yet when it comes to Cub Creek. They're just good guys. They'll take care of what you need, handle things 
directly, fast, quick. They're just really, really solid guys. And again, even if you've got a commercial space, they can do that for you as well. But give them a call today. They're a Ream Pro partner, 303 656 5467. Cub Creek Heating and AC installs high-efficiency furnaces, saving you money and keeping your home warmer all winter. High-efficiency furnaces use significantly less energy and effectively produce more heat in less time. That means 90 to 98% of the fuel used is converted to heat in your home, compared to 56 to 70% on a standard furnace. Not only will it save you at least 10% on your utility bill, but it will heat your home more consistently. The unit is smart enough to not force air through the system, which can create hot and cold zones in your home, as you notice with older furnaces. The Texas Cup Creek will help you make sense of government incentives that are available with these furnaces. The Ream Pro Partners at Cup Creek can typically have a high-efficiency furnace installed in a day. And financing is available, so reach out to Hunter and Doug today by going to klzradio.com slash HVAC to learn more. Now, back to Rush to Reason, presented by High Five Plumbing, where every call ends with a high five. And we are back. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560. Again, Jordan Goodman with us today, America's Money Answer Man. Jordan, one more time, how do folks get a hold of you, sir? Jordan at moneyanswers.com is my email. Always glad to get emails from your listeners. Perfect. Talk to us about AI, and there's new versions out. I just saw an announcement just a few days ago from, I think it was even last week, on Google and, and their new product, and there's more and more of these hitting the market. Yep. Where is this Gemini. Yep, Gemini the is the one from called, Google. Yep. Called Gemini. And uh, you put in a computer, and you interact with it just by speaking. You don't have to type at all. And it uh, works with uh, video and audio and graphics and text and every kind of art form you can imagine. <laughs> it's quite amazing what you can do. And, again, it's just intuitive. You ask it what you want it to do, and it does it. It does computer code. Uh, it'll write poetry for you. It'll do songs. It'll create artwork. It'll create movies. I mean, it's just amazing what these artificial intelligence machines can do now. So there's a big space race between all of them. Um, you know, Amazon's got one. Microsoft's got ChatGPT. Uh, Google has Gemini and Bard. Facebook, I mean, just all these companies are coming out with this. And this has been one of the major trends of this year is the explosion of AI. And we don't know exactly where it's going, but it's, it's not going away. It's only getting bigger and faster. Yeah, and that was a question I had. And what, is, what does Wall Street, of course, think of this? I mean, there's going to be a shift, and there's always the naysayers where, you know, well, it's bad, and it's going to, you know, it's like when the car came out and the horse and buggy folks were all upset, and some of them protested and went against it and so on. And the reality is the change was coming no matter what they Wanted exactly. or liked, and I think this is a similar situation, and people just need to learn to adapt and figure out how are they going to address it, especially if you're somebody that may be directly affected by this. Yeah, and I think it can, if you know how to use it and learn how to use it, it can make you much more productive and creative in various ways, um, and a lot of people are going to be scared of it. Certainly in education, it's being used now. Sometimes nefariously, people are having Jet GPT write their term papers or something, which is not a good thing. But it also can allow you to be much more creative, whether you're doing artwork or uh, research of various types. So I think education's going to uh, embrace it instead of reject it. It would be stupid for them to try to reject something that this, is this big. Um, and so I, I went to uh, Amherst College in, in Massachusetts, and we actually had an online webinar with a computer science professor 
thing, how they're integrating AI into the curriculum uh, completely. Mm. Not only the computer science department, but all different departments. So if you're smart, this is what you'll do. You can't resist change. Right. Um, and it, it's, it's very, very powerful. And it, it really exploded this year. We, a year ago, we hardly knew what artificial intelligence was. Oh, good point. Now... Yeah, and again, like with anything, the, those that embrace it, to your point, and you know, learn how to use it, learn how to use it in a way, good for them. In education, the question I've got for you specifically, will this consolidate anything on the education side of the aisle? Well, it's going to change education. Uh, I mean, uh, it, it's a tool that you have to be taught to use creatively. And people who learn how to use AI are going to be very used of great the demand in the workforce. There's tremendous uh, demand for people who know how to use AI and create AI in various ways. So uh, schools that say, oh, it's a big threat and everybody's going to cheat on their term papers are, are losing the point. <laughs> this is a major new... This is a, I mean, the, the people in the field say this is as big a development as the unveiling of the Internet itself. Right. Basically in, in the late, mid-90s, something right. like that. Right, right. And you can't resist of the internet. Agree. It doesn't work. Agree. Yeah, no, I, I feel like if you're somebody that may be affected, and I say may, we don't know. I mean, some may be affected, some may not. And I think on the same token, you need to really open your eyes and look at what does your job entail, and is this something that either could benefit you if you learned how to use it or replace you? And, and the fact of the matter is, Jordan, if you're somebody that you think might be replaced by it, well, then you better be thinking about how can I retrain myself to do something different. Or, or use AI in a better way. I'll give you an example. I've told yeah. you before, my son works as a software, a senior software engineer at Airbnb. And I was talking to him the other day. He's using AI all the time in his work to do coding right. that would have been very manual in the past. He hasn't lost his job. He's just that much more productive. Right, more efficient. He's doing at Airbnb. Correct. So that's just a personal example of people who are smart are learning how to use it. It's a great, great tool out there. We have a question coming in. Dave and Thornton, you're up. Go ahead. You're on with Jordan. Go ahead, Dave. How are you doing? Hey, Jordan, I had a quick question on the economy. Um, during the, the Trump years, and it's not either left or right or Biden versus Trump or anything, but we had really low um, unemployment, and the economy was booming. But now the Fed wants to you know, put people in unemployment, have them lose jobs, and somehow that's going to make the economy better? Well, it means less demand. From, from the Federal Reserve's point of view, they want to have less demand, which means that prices come down. I'll give you a dramatic example. In the housing market, okay, when the housing market was super hot and you had 50 people bidding for every house, the price of houses was going up dramatically because there's just too much demand and not enough supply. That's inflationary and causing housing prices to go up. If you can take away that heat and not have 50 people bidding for every house, you're right. not going to have right. housing prices go up. That's kind of a dramatic example of how slowing demand uh, means prices don't go up as much or in some cases, actually come down. Yeah, okay, but, but my question was about um, employment. How is it that having less people working is better for the economy? It's not. Because it's less demand. It, it, it's less, uh, you know, demand, as we've been saying all along, they're trying to dampen demand. And by having fewer okay. people working or working less or earning less, they have less Yeah, they're, trying, yeah, they're ultimately trying to squash inflation Dave, by having less people working, more people on the soup line, I guess you could say. I don't agree with their 
mentality. And by the way, the Fed was so late in getting some of this done that they found themselves in a real pickle, which we've talked about, of course, in years past. But that's neither here nor there. I don't control the Fed. I don't sit on the board, nor would they ever let me, Dave. But that's their ideology is if we do this, it's going to slow things down and therefore lower inflation, which that's what they're, quote unquote, there to do. I mean, let's not be too crazy here. The current unemployment rate is 3.7 percent, which is pretty much the lowest in 50 years. Okay, we've been creating jobs. Last month, we created two hundred thousand jobs. So we are creating jobs every. Well, wait, and really quick, we really quick, not not to correct you, Jordan, but we're filling jobs back in that were lost during COVID. I would argue, have we created any at all? Yes, I think we have created. Where? Some. I mean, some of them. Where? Uh, uh, specific areas: healthcare has been booming. Lots of people. Education uh, has been hiring a lot of people. Even government workers. I mean, the infrastructure bill and so on. Yeah, yeah, that one definitely doesn't count. That's a net negative at the end of the day when we go when we go employ more government workers, Jordan. Sorry. Uh, you asked where the jobs are going, and those are some areas where they're hiring a lot. Another area is leisure and hospitality. Uh, hotels and airlines and car rental agencies, they've been hiring like crazy. Well, but no offense, that again is just supplanting back in or, you know, fulfilling back in what was lost during COVID. Yeah, because those areas were crippled during COVID. Totally, totally. Those are not new jobs. Well, let's put it this way. There are more jobs in those areas now than there were in uh, 2019 before COVID. So to me, that would be a net additional jobs. They lost a lot. What I want you to do, Jordan, I want to see those real figures because that one I don't believe. I look around at some of these things when I'm traveling. I don't see that. I don't see more workers in these areas. I'm sorry. I don't. Yeah. Well, I could get the numbers from the Labor Department, the the jobs in those areas before 2019 and now. Yeah, I'd love to see that because real world experience, me traveling, I don't see that. It's the opposite. Yeah. Go ahead, Dave. Airports are very busy, right? They are. they are. A lot of people traveling, and there's a lot of people working to serve those people, whether it be airlines or airports or car rental agencies or hotels. I mean, it's a booming area right now. Go ahead, Dave. Uh, on the uh, five-year and seven-year treasuries, why is, is that so important that they're so concerned about it inverting every couple of weeks and then it pops back up to right around 5%, which is, from my understanding, a pretty good rate? Good question. So why are we, why are we well, so concerned about those treasuries? Lately, interest rates have actually been falling. The, uh, the 10-year Treasury had gotten up to about 5% in October, and now it's about 4.2. So it's come down a pretty good amount. And that's the market telling you they think the economy is weakening, and there's going to be less demand. Um, but we still have, an, as you say, an inverted yield curve. Short-term rates, like one-month three bills and two-year Treasuries, are at a higher yield than long-term. Uh, so 10-year Treasury is about 4.2. The... Uh, Two years is about 4.7, something like that. And that's usually a sign of recessions coming. But we've, we've had an inverted yield curve for about a year and a half now, and we still haven't had a recession. Do you believe a recession's coming? I don't think so. I really don't. I mean, the, the big story to me of 2023 is how resilient the economy was. You, you might remember at the beginning of this year, you had all these fancy Wall Street economists, 100% chance we're going to have a recession. You know, the Fed's going to raise rates. We're going to have soaring unemployment. The stock market's going to plummet, and all these horrible things are going to happen. The exact opposite happened. Okay, we had five percent growth in the third quarter. Unemployment's down to three point seven. Um, you know, earnings have been good. The stock market's been great. So, you know, all that's the big story to me of this year is, is how 
all the so-called smart people completely got it wrong. All right. No, cool. Thank you. I appreciate it. No, Dave, great questions, by the way. I appreciate that. Great segue. We'll take a break. We'll come right back. Jordan Goodman, again, America's Money Answer Man. Send us a text message if you have a question for Jordan as well, or you can call in directly. Direct line 303-477-5600. You can text us at 307-282-22. High Five Plumbing is next. Saw some of their handiwork today, by the way. And they do fabulous jobs on everything they work on. Give them a call if you need any plumbing done. 877-WE-HIGH-FIVE. When temperatures plummet, the risk of water pipes freezing skyrockets. And High Five Plumbing can help you prevent it. If you've noticed water dripping anywhere around your house, especially on the exterior walls, it's imperative that you have it checked now. Once the outside temperatures drop below 30 degrees, you are risking damaged pipes. Once the temps drop below 30 degrees, you're risking damaged pipes, making a small fix something way bigger. This is especially true for pipes on exterior walls, in crawl spaces, at spigots, and even where most people forget. Down floor drains. High Five has several ways to prevent and fix freezing pipes permanently. From insulating your pipes better, to moving them off exterior walls, or adding heated tape to prevent freezing. The Colorado Code Certified Techs at High Five know what to look for to keep your water flowing. KLZ listeners receive a waived service fee. Just tell High Five that John Rush sent you when you contact them at klzradio.com slash plumbing. Golden Eagle Financial wants to help you with all of your future finances. Much about what we talk with Jordan on, uh, Al Smith locally can sit down and have a conversation with you. 303-744-1128. You need to talk with Al Smith of Golden Eagle Financial now, before the new year, to help ensure your retirement plan is ready for whatever lies ahead. Even if you're currently participating in an employer-sponsored plan, you need Al Smith to help you strategize maximizing your retirement savings. Often near the end of the year, it's very difficult to get someone from your employer plan on the phone, whereas Al is personally ready to assist you right now. If you have retirement accounts, you definitely need Al Smith to help you close the year out and avoid costly mistakes or year-end penalties. Give Al Smith at Golden Eagle Financial a call today to receive your free no-obligation consultation and get your retirement plan in order before January 1st. Just go to klzradio.com slash money to contact Al or to schedule a consultation. Investment advisory services offered through Brookstone Capital Management, LLC, a registered investment advisor. BCM and Golden Eagle Financial Limited are independent of each other. Insurance products and services are not offered through BCM, but are offered and sold through individually licensed and appointed agents. Read an article today, only a third of Americans have an estate plan. Get yours taken care of today with Michael Bailey Law, 720 394 6887. There's an old superstition that some people believe that says that if you start planning your estate or completing a will, it could lead to death of the signer. Michael Bailey, the mobile estate planner, wants you to know that he has never, not one time, caused a person signing their will to meet an untimely demise. Michael comes to you, so there's no chance of a car accident or other fatal trauma. He is so sure that he will not cause your death that he will guarantee that talking about your death will not welcome it or your money back. In fact, Michael Bailey is proof that it won't because he talks about death every day with clients and he's still alive. There are plenty of flimsy reasons to put off getting your affairs in order, but fear that it will trigger your death is not one of them. 
So reach out to the mobile estate planner, Michael Bailey, today. Go to klzradio.com slash estate and fill out a short form that he promises will not cause you to perish prematurely. John, the cyber guy, we talked to him yesterday. He's got a seminar coming up in January for a lot of you with businesses, and we will keep you informed of when that comes up. In the meantime, get all of your cybersecurity needs met, 720-593-6688 or klzradio.com. John the Cyber Guy is keenly aware that there are bad people out there who want to steal your company's data and money. You hear about it all the time. A hacker steals sensitive customer information and demands a ransom before leaking it to the public or selling it on the dark web. Or a hacker enters a company's private network through an employee's home computer. The cost of ransomware and the associated loss of reputation from these attacks can cripple your business. John Kanata, the cyber guy, will protect your business and your customers from these bad actors. He and his team know the complex and ever-changing world of cybersecurity. They'll monitor your systems and protect your business from security threats around the clock. And they can do it at a price that works with your small business budget. Wondering if your business is vulnerable to the latest threats? Talk to John the Cyber Guy today to find out what they can do to properly protect your business. Go to klzradio.com slash cyber or call 720-593-6688. Now back to Rush to Reason on KLZ 560. All right, we are back. America's Money Answer Man, Jordan Goodman with us right now. Jordan, one more time, how do folks get a hold of you? Jordan at moneyanswers.com is my email. All right, let's talk about the auto world, the unions, what's gone there, what they're trying to now do when it comes to lawsuits against some of the other manufacturers, plus electric vehicles, which, by the way, I think fit into all of that. That was a big year in the car market. Uh, we had the UAW strike uh, where they uh, won huge pay increases, 25% increases, and increases for uh, first-time workers and part-time workers, uh, increased their pensions, and that's already increased the price of uh, cars. I think GM said they're going to raise their price by at least $500 per car uh, to, to account for that. Um, and I think it's going to mean that they're going to keep losing market share to the non-union companies, um, Tesla included, but the other ones as well. Um, in general, Electric cars are not selling as well as people thought they would. No. Uh, they're more expensive. People are worried about so-called range anxiety and charging anxiety. Right. And the dealers are just having them piling up on, on the, the showroom lots. And um, they've actually been appealing to President Biden to re- relax the, the mandate that the all cars be electric right. in a short period of time. And it's, uh, the car companies are investing billions in creating electric cars, but... Somebody forgot to tell the consumers about Well, and again, being a car guy that owns one, I will tell you, Jordan, where a lot of the EV thing has fallen short is, number one, it's oversold by the government. Government will tell you all sorts of things that flat out aren't true. The dealers, by the way, in a lot of cases, I don't think have any any inkling to sell them. They would just as soon not. They don't have the trained personnel to even sell them properly, and this is the voice of experience talking, Jordan. The reality is the entire market when it comes to EVs has missed it greatly because, once again, anytime you force-feed a product onto a society without letting the free market do it on its own through proper training, salesmanship, and so on, this is what you get. You cannot yep. force product onto consumers. 
Well, particularly when it's more expensive. One area that is doing well is hybrids. Hybrid yes. sales are up a lot. Well, in no that offense, as a salesperson, nothing technical happens there when you sell one of them. Right. That's a consu- so that goes back to my point. That's a consumer choice. They literally, That's in right. most cases, have decided, I want a hybrid. I've decided I want a new Tundra hybrid or a Tacoma hybrid or a whatever. You know, all the different ones that are made now from various manufacturers, not just Toyota. But they've done some of that research. They walk in. They know what they need. The salesman really doesn't have to do anything. End of story. The market drives that purchase, not a salesperson. So you're right, and that's what the market is saying, is people want hybrids. I mean, still, internal combustion engines is like 82% of the market, something Correct. like that. So, Correct. Uh, you know, it, it, it's going to be a long slog. But meanwhile, you've got these laws out there that are literally mandating that uh, all electric cars be sold by 2030, 2035, be electric. California and other places. It's, utter, utter, it's utter craziness and nonsense that really, Jordan, let's face it, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. So what's going to happen? Are they, they going to move these things back? I mean, it's No, like, I think this is when politicians start pushing this nonsense. Eventually, it takes a while, but eventually the voter finally says, I'm not doing this any longer. You guys get this figured out or you're not going to hold office any longer. Well, a lot of people are voting with their feet in regards to California, not just with these laws, but with all laws. Don't go and somewhere so, else. Yeah, and so when, when you see states that impose, and I think that's the right word, Jordan, impose Force. laws like this, um, and then you see people fleeing them, that right. starts to turn the tables. But I think on the case of electric cars, it's a national mandate. There are some state mandates that are sooner. I may be wrong, John. Isn't the national mandate 2035? Yeah, and we're in Colorado. We're like, we're, we're 20. Well, we've got percentages to meet to, to that level, Jordan. But yes, you are correct. So, I mean, what's and, and by the way, it's not going to happen. Like, I can already tell you market share based upon where we're at now, knowing early adopters have bought and maybe even rebought, but they're pretty much the market share right now. It's not getting anywhere close to what government predicted it would be at this point in time. It's just not going to happen. Well, and what happens, Jordan, if next November we have a change of leadership in Washington? That's going to just get killed. It's going to change it. Well, they'll have to roll back. These These are federal mandates. Uh, the other yeah. thing that where you see the marketplace is that the resale value of electric cars has gone down dramatically. Correct. Yes. And that's, that's another reason people don't want to buy them is the resale value doesn't, doesn't hold up very well at all. So it, 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 it's, to me, a case of government overreach, um, and the market is kind of snapping back at them. And, and, and by the way, to your, to your point a moment ago, it's government overreach in the second highest thing people buy outside yeah. their home. That's right. That's right. And, and it has major impacts. I mean, think of all the mines that we're trying to mine for lithium and right. all the things that go into these electric cars. Well, people don't want to end up buying them in the end. We're, we're tearing up the earth for something that the consumers don't really want to buy. Well, Jordan, the first people who are going to lash back are the consumers. As you've said, the second people who lash back are the voters. Yeah. Well, I think it's, it's a case of overregulation. Uh, on the Agreed. other hand, we, we just had the COP28 uh, meeting in, in uh, United Arab Emirates where they didn't end up doing it, but they were close to saying all fossil fuels should be phased out, basically. Yeah, not going to uh, happen. It was, it was vetoed at the last minute by the oil-producing countries, you know, Saudi Arabia and so on. But Shocker. that's the direction they're going, is they want to phase out all fossil fuels, which is not going to happen. No, not going to happen. <laughs> Dumbest thing. For, it's, it's, it's dumb to even think that way. It's a total pipe dream. Those guys are smoking wacky tobacco. It's not going to happen, Jordan. You and I both know that. But that's the direction they want to go. I know. I mean, 
Well, because, there's a lot of crazy, because they are idiots. There's a lot of crazy people out there that want to do certain things that they're not going to get. Fossil fuels generate way, Wealth. way, 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 way more energy for the investment than these sources of electricity. No. It's just the way it is. The only one that comes close is nuclear. J- Jordan, you would understand this better than anything. They create wealth. That's what they do and why it's not going away. Yeah, that's right. That's Period. Right. So, Anyways. I mean, meanwhile, we had the highest uh, record year as far as fires and you know floods and droughts and all kinds of terrible oh, things. So. Yeah, we didn't have that here, so uh, that, yeah, well, yeah. that's debatable. <laughs> that's very debatable. Yeah, we did not have that here in Colorado or the surrounding states, by the way, but that's debatable. Yeah. So we'll see, but this is one of the big themes of this year: is is government overreach. I yes, guess you'd say. yes, agree. I think this is a good example of the whole electric car market, and and the market is responding. Dealers are saying they don't want to do it anymore. They don't want to be selling electric cars, or not too many That's of right. them. That's right. That's right. Um, and uh, but the government has, is is not sympathetic to them at all. Nope, they're going to force it no matter what, and that's where regime changes happen because of things like that. We've just seen that happen in foreign countries, Jordan. It can happen right. here as well, and it will. Indeed. Yeah, I mean, look at New Zealand. You can look only at... push people so far. Exactly, exactly, yeah. So, anyways. So it's been a dramatic year. We've had a lot of fun, and I look forward to next no, year. Yeah, likewise. No, this will be our last one for this year. Merry Christmas to you and your family, and Happy New Year, and look forward to 2024, Jordan, as always. Very good. I've always had fun with All you All right, man, appreciate you. Have year. a good one, Jordan. Take care. And again, happy holidays to him. American National Insurance is up next. And Paul Lewinberger, with everything we just mentioned, all the different things you own, the two biggest things you own expense-wise are your house and your car. Make sure they're insured properly today. Paul Lewinberger, 303-662-0789. Paul Lewinberger will teach you how to pay for home insurance the right way, saving money on premiums while protecting yourself from catastrophic costs in the future. American National Insurance keeps premiums low by attracting clients who choose to self-insure the small stuff. Most people don't understand basic economics, so they file claims all the time, driving up the cost of insurance year after year. You listen to Rush to Reason, so you probably have a better head on your shoulders, financially speaking, than the average homeowner. Still, you can learn new strategies from Paul Lewinberger to practice responsible money management. The smartest homeowners only file claims in emergencies, opting to pay out-of-pocket for everyday expenses. Personal responsibility benefits everyone, enabling you to afford total loss coverage. Call John's personal insurance agent, Paul Lewinberger, with American National Insurance for details about his one-of-a-kind rebate program, 303-662-0789. We don't yell at you. We inform you. Now, back to Rush to Reason. All right, we are back. Myself, Andy, and Charlie. Question of the day yesterday. Name the town in Alaska known for having nearly the entire population living in a single apartment building. That is Whittier, Alaska. The building is called Bejek Towers, a 14-story apartment complex that houses about 90% of the town's residents, 272 of them. That has earned Whittier the nickname of the town under one roof. So there you go. There will be more information on that, by the way, on the website, rushtoreason.com. Today, possible question of the day. Name the city in northern Iraq that cannot grow and cannot expand and explain why. Name the city in northern Iraq that cannot grow, cannot expand, and then explain why on the RushToReason.com website. Before we leave this particular hour, and there's a lot of you listening, by the way, that, uh, I, by the way, I, I, 
I enjoy Jordan. He makes me think outside of even my own little world at times, which is always good. Do we always agree on everything? And Jordan, if you're listening, and I hope you are, no, we don't always agree, but I I get a kick out of talking to Jordan. He makes me think in things and be prepared sometimes for answers that I probably wouldn't normally have to do. And yes, we'll have him back in 2024. And some of you I know would rather us not do that. Some of you love Jordan. It's sort of a love-hate, but at the end of the day, I love Jordan, and we will have him back in 2024, because, Andy, he makes us think. Sure. Jordan's a good guy. He's simply to our left. That's okay. And by the way, Charlie just said in our ear, we also make him think. He just said, which I've never heard him say before, Andy, government overreach. Well, yeah. That came out of Jordan's mouth. I don't think a couple of years ago he would have said that. Well, and he's also been critical of the Biden administration yes. curtailing the leasing of oil yes, and he gas. Has. So, again, folks, he's not—Jordan's uh, not a bad guy. I love talking to him. He's great when it comes to knowing where things are headed and what things are going to happen. And no, we don't always agree. Uh, for example, the price of oil. He and I have debated that many times, and I don't think it's going to go over $100 a barrel anytime soon, but we'll talk about that probably next year as well. Myself, Andy, and Charlie will be back. Hour 2 is next. Rush to Reason, Denver's Afternoon Rush, KLZ 560.